This week in the parish of exchanges and market structure. ECB reckons it is the BTC Alamo, as both ASX and SBF struggle with sorry. Bybit hacks its workforce and the AFR calls checkmate on the ASX board. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 173. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in the Exchange of Information, Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. $299 until the end of the year, $349. It's inflation world out there coming soon. Subscribe now, drop us a DM, and we'll get you signed up. Of course, where else to start but the SBF FTX fiasco? SBF himself spoke at a conference we rechristened NYT Deal Crook last week, and indeed many other places besides including the Financial Times. SBF didn't actually say anything useful as it remains a cocoon of coquettish Britney Spears-style oops-I-did-it-again and utter non-pology. Obfuscation plays a key role in the middle of the whole fiasco. The fiscal pornography of FTX stories, however, continue to roll out, including that $100,000 a week of catering bills in the Nassau HQ. Matt Levine noted there were $55,319 owned to the Margaritaville Resort in Nassau, which my back of a napkin calculation reckons amounts to somewhere around 4,000 signature drinks plus tips at 13 bucks a pop. That suggests the resort had risk management and accounting controls which were every bit as lousy as SBF's FTX. Of all the recent revelations, the bit I'm still struggling with is not merely that 100k a week was catering 24 by 7 at the Nassau HQ, twice weekly massages for all staff, etc, etc, vast expenses plus generous per diems for trips overseas, and of course that crazy 55k bar tab. What really bothers me is that there was a regular pop-up barber in the offices in Nassau, and yet... SBF still had a dollar store Afro mullet, which made him look like a badly quaffed refugee from the supporting cast of Sesame Street. Clearly, this expense didn't stretch to a laundry either, given the oft-stained look of SBF in his, well, what we might tenuously call corporate prime. Matt Levine indeed hit the nail on the head with a mot juste. FTX spent like the company it thought it was, but it didn't bother to find out what kind of company it actually was. As a footnote to this, how did so many people seem to shrug off the corporate largesse as being normal and not smell a rat, even in the US division with $200 per diem DoorDash grocery vouchers, etc, 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 and yet, and yet, the compliance team there seemed to think they were at a normal functioning company right until the very last moment? If you want to keep up with all of this information, subscribe to Exchange Invest, the daily bulletin of the bourse business, the exchange of information. 
If you want to stay abreast of what's happening, even learn what are likely to be the trends of the future, you need to be a subscriber to Exchange Invest. $299 until the end of the year, starting from January 1st next year. New subscription rates will apply in an inflationary age, $349. Get in now and secure one year to the end of 2023 for $299. The Australian Financial Review has been trenchant in its criticism of the ASX. ASX needs management and board clean-out, went the tart headline of Chanticleer just during the course of this week. As they noted, ASX chairman Damien Roche ought to be replaced and CEO Helen Lofthouse needs to clean out the ASX management ranks. The failure was especially egregious because the ASX is supposed to be the gold standard of disclosure, governance and transparency. Instead, it led the market on a merry dance over the past three years with repeated assurances its chest replacement was 95% complete and on track. This farcical understanding, and I continue from the IFR, of the project, that's the chess project's status, was abandoned in November after Accenture did a 12-week review that found that the new chess system was only 63% complete. ASX's delusion about the project was so great it foolishly convinced the Australian Securities and Investment Commission Chairman Joe Longo, who told the Parliamentary Joint Committee this year that the Chess Project software was built. Surely, ladies and gentlemen, it must indeed be checkmate for the people who failed on chess. That's the argument of the AFR, as the mood is the darkest towards ASX I can ever recall in Australia. The ASX board has zero credibility, being the inheritors of a mantle which came from a flawed monopoly milking strategy and has brought embarrassment to Australian markets. ASX needs a total revision from the top down. I'm not even convinced that CEO Lofthouse is viable long-term in her position, but as a caretaker, she ought to stay in the hope of a credible chairman being found to make the hard steps towards regaining the confidence of markets the world over in the wake of the digital asset sick disaster, which was the non-replacement of chess. Meanwhile, ASX will be cutting up to 200 jobs from their failed blockchain project. Calls for an ex-ante assessment of security of supply and financial stability risks went the incredibly tedious headline to a letter from Europex. Actually, this was a joint letter which came from each, from Europex and a series of other organisations in the energy marketplace. What they're trying to do, and it was very good work by each et al., is to elegantly defenestrate some of the more, and there's no other word for it, ladies and gentlemen, stupid European Union, European Commission policies of recent times, where they're effectively going to take the energy market, turn it upside down, rip it asunder, rip out trust, and end up with nominally a price which just happens to suit the politicos, but actually doesn't work with the tide of financial markets. Frankly, I think this letter should have included a sentence, are you really so dumb that you are going to risk a $33 billion contagion effect, which freezes your citizens to death and hastens the demise of your guild of failed technocrats? Clearly, the industry associations took the more diplomatic approach. Exciting news from Mackay. They've been looking to build an asset stock exchange for a while, and they have one. They've approved an application which is backed by the former Hong Kong exchange's boss, Charles Lee. That helps diversify the Mackay economy, away from, of course, being hugely popular for casinos and tourism related to casinos. And a very, very interesting move for Charles Lee as he extends his overall move 
towards offering greater SME funding in equity-like products. No results this week, just one new market. TPICAP, they've got a crypto exchange license in the UK. I don't know whether that means they're right in time for the upwave or it's as good a sign as they come that indicates that it is all over for crypto as the Permalagard TPICAP have now got a license. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Deal news this week. It was a busy week for deals in the parish. All the deals were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Binance, they've acquired JFSA registered Sakura Exchange Bitcoin. That means that Binance are now committed to enter the Japanese market, from which they'd previously been banned, under regulatory compliance. Gosh, you know what? Only a few months ago, the world was under siege in crypto terms from some guy called SBF with a firm called FTX, who were just buying all the licenses they needed. Phew. Thank goodness. That's all over. Finally, after months of denials, Huobi and Poloniex crypto exchanges are set to merge. Six Ripple and Middle Game Ventures have pumped $72 million into Keyrock, and Galaxy Digital won the bid for the insolvent crypto lender Celsius's self-custody platform. Gosh, there's quite a tongue twister. Of course, that was one of many things that at one point in time SBF's FTX was trying to hold together in order to manage to hold together his own crumbling empire. If you're looking for some reading to try and understand over the festive period just what this whole world of blockchain cryptocurrency and the fintech world really means, then you need my most recent book, Victory or Death, published by DV Books, available via Amazon and distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream. It's on Tuesday, 6pm London, 1300 New York time, the IPO video live show. You can catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO vid. Go search IPO-vid and you'll find last week's epic show, our part one of a review of 2022, where we took some excerpts from 20 of our leading guests out of the 40-odd that we had during the course of the last year. Coming on Tuesday, it's going to be Review of the Year Part 2, complete with viewer questions and much, much more. I'm really excited about the show. These two are must-watch episodes of the IPO vid canon. Find it whether you're on Facebook, LinkedIn or YouTube by searching IPO-vid. Cryptoland this week, the crypto exchange Kraken, they're now laying off a third of their workforce. That's 1,100 people, adding to the misery of the crypto winter in terms of huge job losses across the board. And it's not over there, crypto exchange Bybit, they're cutting 30% of their workforce in what they called a deepening bear market. And what's more, they're right, it is a deepening bear market. Product news this week, the Saudi exchange Tadawul, they've announced a market-making framework for equity and derivatives markets, which is very exciting. While ICE Benchmark Administration, they've launched the ICE Carbon Reference Entity Data Service. CME Group and CF Benchmarks, they're going to be launching three new DeFi reference rates and real-time indices on December the 19th, while the Osaka Exchange, it's introducing ESG Index Futures. And over in Ghana, the IFC-backed Ghana WRS Warehouse Receipt System, 
in collaboration with the Ghana Commodities Exchange, has been launched in partnership with four savings and loan companies. Technology news this week. NASDAQ have completed migration of their first US options market to go into the cloud with AWS. MRX has already reported a 10% performance improvement thanks to being in the Amazon cloud. Euronext, they've completed the acquisition of the technology business from Nexi's Capital Markets Activities. That is, of course, the engine which is powering their bond business, MTS. Full-scale operation of the National Stock Exchange of India, IFSC SGX Connect, is now targeted for Q2 of 2023, while Expansive, whose Henrik Hasselknipe we had some edited highlights of during the course of this week's first part, IPO vid review of the season, 2022. Anyway, Expansive, they're launching CBL Carbon Auctions to provide a transparent, efficient, fair platform for scaling carbon credit transactions. The Bank of England have selected BMLL's granular order book data for research and analysis, while FactSet and BMLL Technologies are collaborating to provide cloud-based granular historical tick data and analytics. Fascinating news from our former IPO vid guests and friends of Exchange Invest, Paul Humphreys and Elliot Banks of BMLL. Regulation news this week. One fascinating story. The CFTC have granted Terra Exchange a reinstatement of their license. Terra Exchange, you will remember, was the first to be regulated for crypto derivatives back in 2016, lost its license in 2021 on account of a failure to prohibit pre-arranged and wash trading. Given that CEFs were intended to be used by former swaps participants moved into the light of multilateral markets post-Dodd-Frank, some anyway viewed the pre-arranged accusation against Terra Exchange as somewhat remarkable, given the outside-in approach seemingly prevalent in some other venues for more conventional interest rate derivatives trades. SEBI, they've set up a panel to review corporate takeover rules, and Italy, rather optimistically, is going to be imposing a 26% capital gains tax on crypto profits. Remind me, what is a crypto profit again? Career news this week, a couple of snippets. OCC's Vishal Thakar has been named Chief Risk Officer of OCC, and Rodrigo Buenaventura of Spain has been appointed Chair of the IOSCO Sustainable Finance Task Force. And that only leaves us to ponder. Well, The wonders of European energy. UK energy drillers are already fleeing the trendy lefty conspiracy of scrapping fossil fuels at the expense of winter heating and energy security. Somewhat amusing to note that therefore the major oil companies have been driven into the hands of, yes indeed, the crazy gang of Caracas. In Venezuela, Chevron formally signed oil contracts in Caracas this week. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, founder of Exchange Invest, builder of markets and exchanges the world over. I wish you a great week in blockchain, life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only.
The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.